Are you ready to invest in yourself today? Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. Where investment leader Billy Epperhart teaches you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Remember the Lord, your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. At Wealth Builders, our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Now, let's join Billy Epperhart. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm so excited that you joined us today, and we've got a very special podcast today. I'm Karen Conrad, and I'm in for Billy Epperhart, which is such an honor. And we have got two of our real estate coaches joining us today, and it's going to be kind of a question and answer format, meaning that uh, we've got a lot of questions that you've all sent in and that we received from the real estate workshop. So we're going to go through some of those and answer them. And uh, we just really encourage you to take notes with this. Also, we love to hear from you. Um, If you're blessed by these podcasts, or maybe you've got a real estate question, go ahead and email those into us at info at wealthbuilders.org. And we know that Billy's going to be uh, back on these podcasts soon. And uh, we just love to have those questions to answer for you. So you can answer or ask questions in the area of business, real estate, investments, and we'll do our best to get back to you on that. Also, before we get started here, just to remind you that Billy and Becky created Wealth Builders for the purpose of making sense, of making money, for making a difference. And so this podcast is really helping make sense of things, but also to help you get in the game to start building that passive income to get you into that second X. So I want to take a moment and welcome our real estate coaches. We've got Mike Davis. If you want to say hi to everybody, Mike. Hello, everyone. And we're so excited to to be able to be part of the Wealth Builders team. And we know that you guys are as well. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. And we've got Frank Pulley back this week. Frank? Karen, again, thanks for having me back. And again, everybody, welcome to the call. I think you'll find it very useful. Great. Thank you so much, Frank. All right. We're going to go ahead and get started with some of these questions. And this is a great question, one that we hear a lot. And um, Mike knows this is going to be coming his way. This is from Natasha. And we talk a lot about who should you have on your team to start real estate investing. So she said, just to confirm, The team would be the real estate agent, property manager, home inspector, insurance agent, accountant, lawyer, and home stager. And so, Mike, the question is, is she leaving out anything there? And uh, if so, what is that? And if not, if you can just share some of your experience on bringing this type of team around you, that'd be great. Well, she did. I mean, all of those, uh, she nailed them all except for one biggie that I think she left out. And that is uh, the banking and the financing part, Karen. Yes. Uh, accounting is part of that, but you need to have a relationship with a banker. And I always tell everybody, if you can have a mom and pop uh, relationship with the banking 
because there's going to be, once you get past 10, Karen, you know that uh, Fannie and Freddie no longer want to loan you money. So if you can have a relationship with a banker where they keep the loan in-house, a portfolio lending, and they will do that. But not all banks are created equal, Karen. I mean, I had to go to, I think I went to every mom and pop bank in Pueblo. I went to other towns close by. I had to end up going to Longmont to be able to do portfolio lending. So I just encourage people to have a relationship and start. You can start doing that now, even before you get, don't wait till you get to the 10, you know, start doing that now so that you will be prepared for it. Mike, that's great. And you really touched on an important part here, and it's the timing of lining these things up. And so if you would just comment on this, and I'm going to have Frank comment on it as well, is when somebody is getting started, even if it's not a banker initially, they still need somebody to finance that mortgage, a Fannie Freddie. And sometimes banks do that. They oftentimes have a mortgage department. But if someone's just getting started, which of these team members should they line up immediately? I believe the, uh, the real estate agent, you need to find someone that can help you find the properties. And uh, we teach you that it, not all real estate agents are created equal as well. You need a real estate agent that knows about investment. And we really look for people that own property themselves because guess what? They know what to do. They know to have a team in place. They know to have uh, uh, contractors that aren't going to cost you the retail type price. And so I believe as far as the first person you need to find, I think it would be a real estate agent that can help you find the property that your numbers are going to fit. That's great, Mike. Thank you so much. Frank, uh, I'd love to have you chime in on this discussion on team members. Yeah, um, a couple of others I think are important as uh, a good contractor. And a, and a handyman. And those could be actually two different people. A lot of times your handyman is going to take care of the miscellaneous things, odds and ends, and that a contractor wouldn't want to, to take care of. And having a good contractor you can trust uh, and uh, actually does the job on time, et cetera, is, is really paramount. And then finally, uh, this isn't as important, but I like to pick a title company or two that uh, when I start closing property, I kind of make myself beholden to them because sometimes they will do some uh, things, not illegal or anything, but they'll kind of push you to the head of the line and, and uh, they can do some things for you that they might not do for the person that closes, you know, one or two properties in a couple, three years. Frank, that is great. Thank you so much. And uh, we talk a lot about how important a team is. And really when people look at investing in markets that they don't live in, this team is absolutely critical because if you're two hours away from your properties, which is the situation with us, you know, we're not going to be able to just, you know, at a drop of a hat, drive down to that property. And this really opens the door up for people with investing. Some of the markets that we live in, and we run into this a lot, you know, you can't buy a home for less than a half a million dollars. And so the numbers, the ratios, the price to earnings ratios just are not working in many of the markets. But there are markets for people to go into if they know what to look for. And that's part of what we teach on at Wealth Builders University and in the workshops is to find those markets with the ratios. But then when that happens, getting this team is absolutely critical. And so 
uh, I would love to hear from both of you too. Mike, I'm going to go back to you. Uh, if someone says, hey, I can't find properties in my neighborhood, I need to find a place to be able to purchase that fits you know, what we're comfortable purchasing in, what are some steps that they should take to be able to locate those properties? Well, <clears throat> we suggest to them, the great thing about Google and online, you can find properties. <clears throat> I think it, you know, right now, the market is so hot, Karen, in the big cities. So uh, I think it just saves people time to stay out of uh, any city or looking for property. It's a million or over. Don't even go there right now. I even suggest people look at, at towns under 300,000 people. If you can find a town under 300,000, I think uh, the numbers are going to work easier for you. So that would be my first suggestion. Look at smaller towns. Or if you want to look at towns, if you're familiar even with your city, that's a bigger city, there's always outlying small communities. So look at small communities outside your area first to see if there's something that the numbers would work for you. And then if that's not going to work, start looking and Googling uh, for smaller towns under 300,000 and just see. You could go to Zillow, Realtor.com, see what the prices of homes are. Even Craigslist, see what the, the prices of homes are. Rentals, you can do the same thing. Uh, Craigslist, see what they are renting for. And uh, I, I think there's so much information that you can, even before you have the money, Karen, even before you have the money to purchase, you can do all of this research. And then, like we said uh, last week, uh, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will show up. Once you got everything in place, I believe the money can come in for you to make your first down payment on that house. That's awesome, Mike. Thank you. Frank, uh, what do you think about that? What advice would you give people when they need to find a property outside of their area? Well, that was a really good answer, Mike. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think what I would do is, again, it goes back to a realtor that works with investors. Got to be somebody that works with investors. They're going to know the fringe areas that uh, investors are investing in right now. They might also, in the, in the major cities, there are occasionally small pockets that, you know, are you know, looking at a, maybe a C or a D type neighborhood. And yet they're starting to, you know, there's a Starbucks nearby, healthcare, uh, Amazon, that sort of thing. Look for that kind of stuff, emerging growth. And uh, I think you could almost be the first one on the block, but trust your real estate agent. They want to hear you right. That's great. And we did teach a session on this uh, in the last real estate workshop and the one before in one of our coaching clients actually took that information and located an area in another state and began purchasing. And so that is on wealthbuilders.org. Uh, or excuse me, it's actually on Wealth Builders University, which you can get to on wealthbuilders.org. Otherwise, go directly to wbuniversity.online. And for just $299 a year, you have full unlimited access to all these teachings and trainings that include PowerPoints, uh, any templates that we use. Or if you want to do the monthly plan, you can do that for just $29 a month. That's the best deal, I think, that is yeah. around to learn more about some of the details that we're talking about here in this call. Thanks so much. All right, here is another question. We hear people, too, wondering about raising capital. There's a point at which, and Billy just was sharing this with us on Saturday at the Quick Start, 
is that you get to the point as you purchase properties, you generally hit a wall, um, meaning that you need more cash to be able to bring into your real estate business to keep buying properties. So this question is coming in from the audience. And the question is, what is the best way in this market to create capital? Flips, wholesale. And so Frank, I'm going to start with you on this one. What advice would you give? Well, initially you can create capital by maybe doing a, a cash out refi on your home, or if you have other uh, investment properties, a lot of times you can start with that. That's, uh, you know, with interest rates right now, that is really a good source of cash. However, um, if you are needing to fund a business that you plan on doing buying holds or flips down the line, wholesaling is a good way to do that, where the average wholesale fee is maybe three to $5,000 per deal. Pretty, uh, pretty low risk. You've got to really work to get find those wholesale properties, though. Um, but you can build chunks of cash into your new business. And at that point in time, then fix and flips. Uh, again, those, you know, you should be making twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 per flip. So that can accelerate the process. But I would say, you know, cash out refi, wholesale, build chunks of cash, and then go into fix and flips. Great. Mike, what would you have to add to that? Well, I think you nailed them all. Uh, the probably least thing that you would want to do is to borrow or try to get money from your relatives. Um, I don't highly suggest that, but uh, because if, if it goes south, then uh, turkey will never taste the same at Thanksgiving. But uh, uh, I think that uh, you can do that and make out some kind of written agreement. Make sure even if you're borrowing from friends or relatives or people, it needs to be written down so everybody's on the same page. That is the least and last thing. Uh, but also, uh, as Christians, I believe we need to always look to God, Karen. Uh, we need to look to God to say, hey, I'm getting in this business. And you know what? He has ideas and things that we could e not even think about. It's not in a book. It's not something that's even common. Uh, he could tell you, you know what? You're, you have something in your garage that you never use. You need to sell that. And so um, I think that's a good thing to make sure we always do. That should probably be the number one thing that we do is look to God and say, hey, God, I, I, you know, I want to get into real estate. I need $20,000. And uh, I believe he can guide you and lead you in that. Oh, that's great, Mike. Thank you so much. We have time for one more question today. And this is a great question. And it start with you, Mike, on this. Is a 30-year mortgage a good idea? Absolutely. You know, I like paying mine off earlier, but uh, the great thing is you get the low payment and the more houses that you start getting, Karen, you know, even if it's four or $500 a month, you think, oh, that's not bad. And I'm going to get a 15 and it, it may boost it up, uh, you know, a little bit more. Well, it's going to cut into your cash flow. And uh, you eventually find out that real estate investing is all about cash flow. So I, we suggest to everybody to get a 30-year. And uh, if you want to change your, your goals a little bit, then yeah, start doubling up. But uh, you can do that on your own. Whereas if you get a 15-year, you're locked. That's great. Frank, what would you have to say about that? Well, I think, I think Mike nailed it. But one thing I might add is that... Uh, if you have a 15-year loan, it's going to impact your cash flow. Cash flow is uh, really great for a couple of things. Number one, we need it in case something happens. We need it to build profit into our businesses. And uh, 
uh, again, it, the name of the game is return on investment and a lower, uh, lower, uh, higher, excuse me, a, a lower payment is going to increase your cash flow so that, you know, at some point in time, like Mike said, if you want to, you know, make a couple of extra payments a year, well, you can pay it off in 15 years, but you're not stuck to it. And man, the interest rates right now are so good. Why would you not want to borrow that money for a while? Your property gains a lot of value. Well, you could do a cash out refi if the interest they're still good. But uh, I mean, man, it's just, it's just, it's almost like free money, but it's not quite there. <laughs> That's great. And, you know, those of us that have been in the faith circles for a while know this is actually pretty counterintuitive to what we have been taught. Uh, I talk to people all the time in our workshops that are kind of stuck in that we just need to get out of debt. And that's good. Yes, we want to get out of debt. But there's something that Billy teaches that rocked uh, my world, rocked both Dave and my world. And it's called the law of leverage. And uh, there is a way to think about things when we real estate invest that is different than maybe what we have been taught. Uh, particularly in Christian circles over the years. And I'm not saying that getting out of debt is wrong. I'm saying that there is a way to utilize debt in a way that creates more wealth and you do it in a wise way. Um, so if some of you are hearing this and thinking, my gosh, I've been taught just to get out of debt, I encourage you to listen to Billy's teaching or get his book called Money Mastery. Uh, or I've mentioned to you about Wealth Builders University. He teaches on something called the Triple X. He also has blogs about this for completely free of charge. And it's at wealthbuilders.org. This is a fundamental understanding. It's a shift in the way that we think about money that is very important for us to understand to make decisions on things like this with a mortgage. And so Mike, I know that you know you've you've been in that position. This is a mindset change that you've had to walk through. Can you just give people a little idea of what that might look like and how it actually changed your life thinking about these things a little differently? Well, it totally rocked my world as well, Karen, because I as well, you know, the number one thing get out of debt and then, you know, get your house paid for, you know, you're believing God to get your house paid for. And we just had two years left on our home and we were going to get paid. Uh, I mean, not have a house payment anymore. So the bottom line is this, how is money going? How is your house going to make money for you? So I believe that the wisdom of God and doing business his way, he wants us all to be able to be able to give more. I think all Christians have the idea. I want to give more. I want to give more. But uh, just wanting to give more and the ability to give more, it's it's so far different than what people think. You know, you can't just say, I want to give. God wants to give us wisdom to increase wealth. And so the ability to get out of debt is, yes, that's what we want to do. But the bottom line is, are you having money to give extra every month? You know, 15 years ago, I, I was getting close to getting out of debt. But guess what? My increase of being able to give was not there. And so by doing real estate, now I've given more than I ever have. And so I believe that's where the wisdom of God comes in, Karen. 
That's awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. Your story is so compelling and encouraging. Uh, again, to learn more, go to wealthbuilders.org. And we've got a great conference coming up in February 2022 that you don't want to miss. And we've got a lot of specials going out right now. So if you are on our email list, you're going to hear about those and take advantage of the special for that conference. If you're not on our email list and you would like to hear about these things and updates on news and blog articles that Billy and Becky have for free, uh, just go to wealthbuilders.org and subscribe. I am telling you the information that Billy and Becky send out is really truly life-changing in this area of growing in God and understanding kingdom finances. So thank you so much, Frank and Mike, for joining us today. Thank you all for tuning in. We sure love and appreciate you. And on behalf of Billy and Becky, they just want to wish you a very happy holidays. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. God bless you. We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exist to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. The Wealth Builders podcast is produced by Celine Williams with music by Audio Jungle and narration by Greg Hunter. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running. Please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.